Welcome, my friends. Something new, something special, something extremely interesting. For those of you who are listeners of the Depression to Expression podcast, well, I'm the host, Scott St. Marie. But you may have remembered a friend of mine, Matt Janes. Matt, say hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt and I have started something new, um, the New Hope podcast. And both of us have similar but different journeys that we really want to share with you when it comes to mental illness. We want to start something completely fresh. So Matt, why don't we introduce kind of both of ourselves and, and what we're planning for this new podcast and new yeah. adventure. I mean, we've had lots of discussions, haven't we? Yeah. And we recognize that there's a real void, a real absence for a vision, a vision for, for us as individuals and as a society as a whole of how can we achieve mental health mm -hmm. collectively? How can we gain freedom from mental illness? There are lots of little tactical interventions, there are treatments out there, but if you look at the big picture where is the vision whether it be and we should say by the way i'm in the uk you're three yeah. and a half thousand miles away in canada yeah but there's no vision in either country exactly yeah yeah and <laughs> exactly. listeners from countries all around the world are like yeah yeah what the vision is always just short term which you yeah. can't blame someone for sharing. Okay, I just want to feel better right now. Yeah. That's the ultimate Western ideology of like, okay, let's just do the thing that makes the pain go away right now. But yeah. no outlook and no, yeah. that's the whole point of a vision. Like where is the future in, in mental health? I think yeah. that's, that's why we, we're doing this podcast. We want yeah, to share a vision with people. Exactly. And I think in the absence of vision, where do people look for hope? Which is why, you know, hope is at the heart of this. It's in the name of the podcast. And we want to, through our discussions and in the future, that might include inviting another person on to interview people. It might be people who have written books or doctors or whatever, but yeah. in everything that we do, we want to offer listeners hope because I think from our personal experience, and for two people that have been through the mud yeah. in mental illness, we've both suffered. Yeah. And to know, for people to know that there's another side, there's another path to getting through it. And there is great hope in the knowledge that there's two people here that, I mean, I can speak very openly for, my, for myself that I've had three very deep depressive episodes. And when I was in those episodes and right at the bottom, there was complete blackness. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see hope. Yeah. And if, if depression is hopelessness, then I suppose what we're trying to do is to provide hopefulness for yeah. people. And, and we know what it feels like. And we know that's the difference. And weird that you say three depressive episodes, which will we'll get to in lots of detail when we share more about our personal stories, but you've been with me through the last big one. Mm -hmm. And before that I had major depressive episodes throughout the last, you know, 12 years. 
But yeah. for me, it also stemmed from anxiety, which is a huge yeah. piece in people finding hope because there's similar depression, anxiety of that feeling of being trapped. You, yeah. There's no way out. It's like yeah. constantly just, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And you keep reaching and reaching and you just like, there's the blackness of future there. And yeah. to offer hope and something new for people, uh, couldn't be doing something better. So what does yeah. this mean? What are we trying to do? Like when we say something different, let's just let's yes. just say it right now, that this is a path, not yeah. of traditional treatment. Yeah. Let's just Correct. say it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that when we talk about the lack of vision, one might look to who is benefiting from the status quo? Mm -hmm. you know, is it intentional or is it accidental? I don't know the answer to that question. However, what I do know is that the traditional model that treats the sorts of illnesses that we're talking about, and let's not beat around the bush, it's a pharmaceutical model. And I think that's probably pretty consistent wherever you are in the world. Who is it serving? Who is the status quo serving? Is it serving the millions of people around the world who have tried medication and it hasn't worked for them? Is it working for the people that write to me every single day and say, I've tried 15 different types of medication, none of them work, or I might feel worse on them. Please, Matt, help me. I'm desperate. Yeah. And I know you get similar emails from and comments on your videos and the like from people too. And we know of another path having been through it ourselves where you and I, neither of us are on medication. No. We're both well, but we've both previously had mental illness. Um, and we've previously been on medication too. And so it's both, like yeah, we're covering absolutely. a lot of bases with we're covering all the bases, experience. Yeah. So yeah. not like we would uh, limit someone else's experience and say that we, we don't understand, although everyone's experience is their own, like we've, we've been there. And we've yeah. tried these different traditional uh, ways of healing. And again, this is just sharing with people a different path, one that's yeah. worked for us, one that we've both seen work for other people that we work with too. Because exactly. you're right. It's like, okay, let's question, is the millions and millions of people, what 40 million Americans dealing with what they would call an anxiety yeah. disorder? Yeah. How's that working being on Paxil? You know, how's that yeah. working trying benzos? And again, yeah. we're not blaming you. You got to do what you no. do, right? No. Like, oh, for sure. And we're right? very much on the side of the people that are trying, regardless, you know, whether they're taking meds or not. You're but trying. When you've been on both sides, like we know the ins and outs of the pharmaceutical industry, and we know what it's like to be on those drugs. We know what the side effects are. We know how it feels. Yeah. And to know another path, we've got to offer it up to people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the invitation. It's yeah. not, um, it's like harm reduction with, with any kind of drug, which is what I do for health Canada. It's like, we don't want to tell anyone what to do, how to live, what to, to take medication or not. This is like just, uh, a piece, an offering of another way. 
And yeah. it's yeah. great because it empowers people to make the choice of, I'm going to take part and, and follow Matt and Scott and see what they have to say. And what's, what's yeah. the offer there? And what else can I learn yeah. about myself? Or I can reject it and I can go my yeah. other way, which is fantastic yeah. too. Yeah. I think what we felt was that nobody's doing this yeah. and we, we've got to share our experience. Yeah, we, we have individual experience, but we have broader experience than that in that both of us work with clients on a daily basis. We both got published courses online that people journey through and they get a lot of help through that. But we also do one-to-one -one consultations mm -hmm. and we've seen transformation with this approach. And this is another way of spreading the message. And as we say, getting hope out there that you don't need to lose hope. You might've tried everything that you, that you know about and you've been to your doctor and it, it feels like you've run out of options, but you haven't. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we were talking about with just trying these different things. Every time you try something new, it is kind of a sense of, of here's hope. That's what hope is yeah. when maybe you get a, a bottle of pills or maybe you get a new gym membership or maybe this and that. You get to try something new and it just brings this sense of, okay, it's like, yeah. it's, I'm not done yet. That's it's, right. it's not yeah, we, over yet, right? Yeah. We talked about placebo, didn't we? Because we were talking about the efficacy of drugs and the, yeah. there's a big percentage of the efficacy in a pharmaceutical drug that's <clears throat> is down to the placebo effect. And we talked about that, didn't we? That just yeah. by taking a drug and when you don't know whether that might be a placebo or, or a genuine drug, just the very fact of putting a pill on your tongue, you think, oh, God, thank goodness, like I can hope for some better days. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? And then what I say to people is like, okay, they, they, they give all of the credit to thank God I got on the medication. Thank God yeah. my doctor gave me this at that time. I don't know where I'd be. I'm like, cool. But give yourself and your mind and body some credit because it was, right. it was creating right. those neurotransmitters on its yeah. own, man. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. placebo there. Give yourself yeah, you some credit. Yeah, your belief system. Yeah. You know, what, what you believe has a profound effect on the effect of those drugs. Yeah. The relationship you have with your doctor. We've talked totally. about, <clears throat> we've got a nice little phrase, haven't we, about walking with each other. So rather than having to walk alone on this journey, and it can be a very, very lonely journey, mental illness, can't it? But yeah. the way that we've been uh, interacting with each other over the last couple of months, it's so nice to have someone walk alongside you through these things. Yeah, that's, so I, hopefully that's what people, we'll, yeah, no, go ahead. Hopefully we'll, um, we'll be able to do that audibly to people listening and to be a sense of comfort for people. Yeah. Like let us, when, you know, the last few months, it was definitely a, we can talk about um, in the next few episodes, the first and second half of life, or we can cover a little bit of that today, but yeah. you know, seeing, you know, I'm getting this neck pain treated and just yeah. things going on as you know. And, and my osteopath was just like, do you have people holding your heart right now? Yeah. And I was like, Yes. And thank God I do, yeah. you know, so to walk with people through difficult times, you don't, yeah. you don't have to walk alone. And even if people are struggling right now in this very moment, and just, if you can walk with us, as Matt said, through just the audio and we can be your guides, we can share our experiences. We know how difficult it is, but we want to offer hopefulness.
We want to offer you hope. Yeah, and on, on the Anchor platform, people can actually send us audio messages, can't they? They might That's want to ask us a question and we will answer those. Yeah. So you can click that button and we'll get, you know, we'll have that conversation with people. Yeah. Um, but what about thinking about giving people a bit of insight into who we are? They probably know you better than better than me, but yeah. So some, some may not. Yeah. What yeah. About, what about what did for you? What did life look like before what you're doing now? Yeah. Okay. You, so what were you up to? Yeah. We'll take turns here. So for <laughs> me, Matt, because we even haven't, the, the reason this is going to be a discussion, because Matt and I are going to learn more about each other just we on are. the fly. And as we go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be so cool. So in, oh gosh, you go to university because everyone else is going to university after high school. Like I had no choice. It's felt like it's like people are going to college yeah. uni, even if I wanted to just start on a trade or work construction. It's like my mind and body were telling me, oh, you got to, you got to do the thing. You got to follow yeah. the traditional route, which is really interesting. Yeah. Turns out I didn't really need it, but, um, <laughs> but you go for the experience. So I went to university. I wanted to save the world and the environment. So I took environment and resource studies and studied business okay. as well. And then through university, that's when I had serious mental health struggles. That's when the diagnosis right. came about, right? right. Major depressive yeah. disorder, generalized anxiety, social anxiety. It was a rough time. I wouldn't change it for the world. But when I graduated, I wanted to get into, into mental health, right? Because of my right. experiences. When yeah, anyone sure. suffers, it's like, okay, and you get through it, you want to alleviate the suffering of anyone else. It's like a pure yeah. calling. And uh, so I got a job at the Canadian Mental Health Association and I did marketing for them. And then I got really interested in social media marketing. So then from office job to office job, I started working at a company called Twitter. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty cool company. When it comes to mental health, I'd recommend getting off that platform <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> oh my God. We called it the bathroom wall of the internet. Just way <sighs> too many voices on there, man. Um, and then I got a job in, in social media advertising at an advertising agency called ad parlor, mm. nothing like amazing people in both of these realms of advertising, but it's never the people that, that make you leave. It's, there was just a calling for me to try out the mental health thing full time. Cause I was making YouTube videos and right. people were, you know, I was helping people with anxiety and depression just by these new perspectives that I have and what I'd been through. And so I quit that job and, and started depression to expression as a business where I go to schools and businesses, talk about mental health, have the podcast, talk to amazing people like you do coaching, have an online course for people dealing with anxiety. Yeah. And, um, and now I feel like, all of that has now led to something with me and you to take it yeah. to almost the next level. Yeah. Because now we can share even, I can share even more of my experience now going off medication. <clears throat> so like with my story on medication for 12 years and then going off, I had to put all of those tools to the test. All right. I had to yeah. like really practice yeah. what I preach. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have to go through those, those struggles at all. Like I, I, right. yeah. I feel like a fraud. Right. So yeah. that's what led me here. And I, it's a heavy job. Me and you know that it's heavy stuff yeah. getting those yeah. emails. 
but that's why I, I think what we're doing is so crucial offering hope. Mm. How long's the journey been, would you say, from when you started Depression to Expression to now? I started Depression to Expression, like just uploading videos in 2013. Okay, eight years. Yeah, so, but then I quit my job in 2018. So it's been three years doing Depression to Expression full time with public speaking, TED Talk thing. And it's, uh, it's just been one learning after another every single day like just learning something new and now i feel i don't know about you but we feel like we owe it to the world to share something new to share a new path here we are here we are are. (laughs) okay it's your turn so yeah how did you get to this point in time right now where we're talking to each other in march of 2021 march 21 covid yeah um well similar in the sense that uni yeah uh did business studies at uni and then straight out of uni joined large corporate marketing and advertising. And I did that for nearly 15 years in total. So that was in London and it's, it's big, shiny boardrooms. It's big budgets. It's all the stuff people tell you is going to be the answer to all your prayers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That should have made you so happy, man. It shouldn't it just. Yeah. 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 And everyone's different, of course, but for me, it didn't give me what I needed. And what happened was, I think you do have like an inner wizard and the way that depression rose in me. And I say, excuse me, it's, it's happened three times it was like a signal. It was like a signal going, Matt, you're on the wrong path. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know at the time, but I look back now and I see a consistency of message there where I wasn't pursuing the thing that I was meant to be doing, which I believe that I am now, you know, this is my purpose in life. But at the time there was me doing doing ads to, it was in the earlier days it was tv ads it was later it was digital but the early days it was tv so in theory very glamorous you know working with brilliant creative people copywriters art directors film directors all the rest of it but i got ill and um that ended that career so in the first instance it made me leave a job because there was no support so this is in uh, 1999 and the state of affairs then was even worse than it is now and um, there was no support from management or HR so I ended up leaving in a state of complete confusion then I rejoined the profession albeit for a different company but doing essentially the same sort of thing and then after a few more years the same happened again And of course, when nobody's there to guide you, like we're hoping to do with people, I had basically my GP. Yeah. To support me. Yeah. And guess what the response (laughs) to my distress was there? You know, take in that day, actually, the first time I had meds, it was Prozac. Yeah. And it knocked me for six. I can remember I, I was so unwell, I had to go and stay with my parents. And I remember dad was doing some work in the garden and he asked me if I would help him to dig a hole. So I grabbed this spade 
and I tell you, this was three or four days into Prozac. Oh, I like I felt that my skin was crawling. Yeah. I couldn't pick up a spade and dig a hole. Shit. It was dreadful. So um, <clears throat> I guess to cut long story short, having had three of these episodes would have been pretty, which have been pretty miserable. Um, I had a complete about face like you've done. So I had to go on a long, long search. And that rather like we've talked about with the two of us and taking people, the listeners through things. I had a mentor. So five or six years ago, I, um, I had a mentor who walked with me and helped me find my path. So I completely retrained. So all the business stuff, all the business studies, all the corporate that went out the window. Mm-hmm. And I moved into neuroscience. So I, I studied neuroscience through Harvard and then took many other courses, including some psychology course at Liverpool University and some functional medicine work. And then went on a very aggressive pursuit for knowledge. And I think that when you when your purpose is aligned with what you know what you're meant to be doing, I found reading those things so much easier than reading business textbooks. Yes. Oh my gosh. You so, know, yeah. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. We're gonna have to get over this, aren't we? Let's <laughs> <laughs> talking over each other. So um <clears throat> Yeah, so I went on a, a very deep journey. And I suppose what we haven't mentioned yet is that I'm an author. So I wrote a book called Saving Dad and alongside my own personal journey, a much deeper and much more aggressive form of mental illness. Um, for my father's experience, so I first witnessed mental illness and that was bipolar when I was three years old. It's a very long time ago. And it's been a real roller coaster. And it culminated in a few years ago, me having to find a solution to my dad's distress because traditional psychiatry had run out of ideas. This was a man who was having electric shocks to his brain every two weeks, and he did for a decade. And he had had, oh my word, I mean, every psych med that you can possibly think of. But it wasn't working. And um we needed to look for another path. And then this is where all of this knowledge and all of this subsequent work that you and I have done together that of where the theory really comes into practice was my dad was like patient zero for me. So it was like, will this work in practice? Will all, will all the neuroscience, will all the biochemistry of food work? In and then reality? you're like, what the hell? I We got nothing to lose. Psychiatry nothing. hasn't worked in the last yeah. 30, yeah. 40 years for your dad. Yeah. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he was very, very gracious about that. He was allowed to himself to be a bit of a guinea pig. <laughs> um, but if you've, you know, if you've had 300 electric shocks to your brain, uh, trying to bring about health through taking some different nutrients and doing some other things, it's uh, not such a, a big leap, really. It seems um, like the most benign thing you could do, you know, to an average yeah. mind, not an average. Doesn't it just mind, the wrong yeah. thing to say? Yeah. But to someone yeah. who wouldn't know, it's like, oh, what you're giving supplements when electric yeah. shock didn't work? Like, how could yeah. that possibly make a difference? You know? Yeah, and it comes down to story, and it's the story, the narrative, and we've talked about vision, the absence of a, a story, 
for people. And it is the same here, is that there is a traditional narrative about how mental illness is treated. It's a traditional narrative about what mental illness is. Yeah. But it's not the only story. Now, you and I both have indiv individual and collective stories that are extremely inspirational and motivating, but how often do people get the chance to hear these stories other than through things like this? Yeah, and so again, in future episodes, Matt and everyone, we're gonna dig deep into, into our stories and really like Matt, from, from you helping your dad, we can go into just really our own depressive episodes and this newfound hope that we had through mentorship, through nutrition protocols, through everything, how we you know eventually got off medication. But I think that's, it's um, how to put it. The traditional model is, is so ingrained in us. And I can't blame people for thinking headache, Tylenol, mental illness, antidepressant. It's just like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just what yeah. it's been for so long. So yeah. this is really cool how, <laughs> how our stories are even similar. We both worked in advertising. Like yeah. what? And we just figured out that, yeah, the depression was definitely a signal telling us, ah, I don't yes. know, man, it's, this isn't serving you. You're off track. Yeah. yeah. The difficulty is how to get on track, but that's what we're going to help people with. But I think it's important to recognize that <clears throat> what I now call my stumbling stone or my threshold and that was the depression. That was the, the time when life was bleak. That was the threshold through which I passed. It was the, the passing over into the next phase. And I wasn't wise enough to realize it at the time, but in reflection, these periods of darkness can be important places of change for people in people's lives. Because I think it, it forces you to look at what's not quite right in your life, searching for another way, another path. Mm -hmm. And that's how it served me. And I now call this the second half of my life, leaning on some work of an author that's been a great influence over me, Richard Raw, in a book called Falling Upward, who I know we both read. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the first and the second half of life. And I feel very much that I've transitioned now to the second half where I'm living out my true purpose in life, where my first half before I went through this threshold that I'm talking about, I think I was led by my ego solely. You know, yeah. it was things like what title do I have above the door? How much am I earning? What car am I driving? Yeah. All these exterior badges. Whereas now, I, you know, I just don't think that way anymore. And I feel myself completely differently. It's a, the second half of life is, can you walk us through? So the depression, the, one of the episodes, that was the one where you actually, cause this is really, oh, unbelievably difficult to have that episode, but to also use it as a tool to, to really listen to it as a signal to work through it because there's so much not with me, Matt, there's so much fear there. There's so much fear of what if I discover something new about myself that I just don't want to learn about. 
What if I realize that, yeah, this corporate world isn't for me, but millions of people do this and my friends are here in the corporate life and I don't want to go out on my own and, and do something else that's so unknown. So there's so much fear, which is why for me, having you walk with me, having anyone walk with you, you don't have to go through that fear alone. Yeah. I think that um, <clears throat> you're right. I think there's a few things you could say about that. First is that a lot of the messages we receive are deliberately designed to make us fearful because you can control people much easier when they're afraid. And COVID you know, news. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All sorts of stuff isn't around. I mean, we can, we can do a separate episode on, yeah, on that. Just fear already. Um, done. Yeah. And, but I think that, if I'd only had some of the interventions that we now know about and we practice ourselves and with our clients when I was in the depths, that would have helped me get through faster and get to the place where I can recognize this or that place as something that wasn't right. There were signals like you talk about that were telling me it's not just symptoms, they are signals. Now I'm not gonna sit here and say that when you're in the depths of the depression it's three o'clock in the morning you haven't slept and everything's black that it's really easy to realize that these are signals and not symptoms yeah. that yeah. was not where i was but <clears throat> i managed to get through that and oh, i'd have got through a lot easier and quicker had i have had the knowledge that we both have now that mm -hmm. that is a thing that is huge but once you, the, the veil begins to get lifted and you can start to see some light, I think through giving people these kind of messages and these ideas, they can begin to do some introspective work to just have a little look of, you know, what's going on here? Because I believe, and we could get quite spiritual now, but I believe we all have an inner truth. So to try and so to run that's wrong to 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 feel afraid is real so so fear is a genuine emotion but if there's something off and you have a real truth within you to deny it is always going to end in a place that isn't great mm -hmm. so fear is a very helpful tool but i think that fear is always going to rise up but having the the faith to believe that there's something bigger yeah is important you know i felt a great pull towards the work that i do and and now you know i can't imagine doing anything anything different mm -hmm. um, but but it's not the it's not the commonly walked path so another book that's had great influence on me is um a road less traveled by scott peck and the title of that is very indicative because it, it sort of marries up with Richard Raw's work, but it, mm -hmm. it, in its title, it, it's indicative of the fact that the masses do follow the herd. The masses will feel afraid if they step off the path of chasing certain things, like whether it be money or whatever, whatever totally. you think it is. There's scientific studies on that. You know, when they bring people into room, have three lines, and one of the lines is longer than the others. But yeah. you get you get the program, you get people who are involved yeah. in the study to say, hey, say that line's the shortest. 
That's we're going to see if the last person that comes in, because that's all we care about right now, let's see if he agrees with you just so he's not an outlier. That's and what right. do people do? What all do they do? of them are like, yeah, that's the short one. Yeah. Right? And just... then all the same in reality. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we do. We do. It's a, and of course, there'll be all peoples of all, all kinds of ages listening. And I think this is probably more difficult when you're a bit younger. Mm-hmm. And you learn, don't you, through wisdom as you grow older, but the pressure to conform is great for everybody, regardless of age. Yeah. But especially when you're a bit younger, you know, to from all the messages we receive in advertising, this is the stuff I used to do. This was about how do you make someone buy something? Well, I remember in our marketing class at university, he asked the audience or the students that the lecture did what, what do you what is marketing guys what do you think it is and people put their hand up and they said it's this it's this it's this and the lecturer said no you're all wrong it's how to manipulate people into buying stuff and the Damn. word manipulate really stood out to me hmm. and that's what's been going on in all the narratives whether it be television or digital or all these algorithms and, you know it's essentially to modify behavior yeah. And people, young or old, you, you can't get away from it. So you have to be very present of mind to know when that's happening. And um, trying to go down a different path takes a lot of courage. So and there'll, be, there'll be naysayers. And that's why it's easier to do these things in community, which is why doing this together is easier than doing it alone. Mm-hmm this podcast and and having people walk with us it's it's so it's we could do a whole episode on it but just to reiterate like dealing with depression any kind of mental illness and it doesn't need to we that's why we didn't label the this podcast um the new podcast a new hopeful a new hope podcast we didn't want to put mental health or mental mm. illness in the title of the podcast, because it just goes, this goes so beyond mental health seems too traditional. This is about finding yourself. This is about using yeah. suffering and difficult times and hardship as signals. This is even to the spirituality point of, yeah. of purpose and meaning yeah. and yeah. finding your inner truth. And there's so much to cover. And we don't want to overwhelm people just by one, and just by chatting about it, we'll take it one step at a time with everyone. But just to reiterate, the oh, I got sniffles. The we could call it a battle. That's such an invisible one, which is I oh, what was I thinking? Okay, so the last like year has been unbelievable, right? And you've seen me through the last year, yeah. and. I always thought, okay, when I get through all of this, yeah. And people ask me, how was your year? Even though I've been through absolute hell, to tell the story of what you've been through doesn't seem to hold any water with someone else listening. So if you say you've been through depression and now I'm I'm here. Yeah. Or like, okay. So versus <clears throat> oh man, I broke my leg. I got into a car accident. I had to do physiotherapy. That is a story that people are like, wow, this dude is strong. I can't believe he got through that. Mm. But when we try to explain that someone has gone through depression, 
someone's been through anxiety and come out the other end, I, uh, Matt and I, like, we got to say, holy shit. <sighs> I think that is the un, like, you can't measure that battle. People don't understand that battle and the fight. And there's a reason, and we've been talking about this a lot too. There's a reason why these thousand year old manuscripts, it's, it's about the soul. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't is, really yeah. talk about much of the physical. <laughs> no, right? no, and we, yeah, we could go so deep, and we'll be asking questions like, "What constitutes a life and a, yeah. a, a purposeful life?" Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be covering all kinds of ground, aren't we? And we have what to. About- it's not. It's it's just not a simple thing. You can, no, it's just no. which is why I mean, it's never ending <laughs> it's never ending which is great because we can keep making podcast episodes keep making keep learning yeah but it's also like the physical health and the mental health companies exactly. have tried to meld those together which is true in the form of you know gut health microbiome neurotransmitters yeah. it's a, in the physical metaphysical world yeah. but as far as the healing process as far yeah. as getting through it the yeah. physical rehab versus the spiritual mental emotional yeah let's that, that's a different path my friends yeah at least in my yeah. experience and what about so thinking about um getting through the other side have you got any anonymously any one that springs to mind that you might have worked with a client or i can talk about a couple yeah that has had a struggle and they've come through with using tools that we we offer no definitely i don't want to name names no sure but we'll just call we'll just say j the first letter um the the work i do i think is similar to you too but it's different. It's so cool because we're different ages and we offer something different to people. And maybe people hate my accent, but they'd love yours. So they're going to go <laughs> see you instead. <laughs> but, but for me, it's, um, I'm sure we resonate. Here's probably what we'll find in common. People will email me and they'll just be like, can I, you know, what's your coaching like? Let's get on a call and we do coaching together. And you soon figure out that dealing with anxiety, which is for a lot of people that I see, sometimes they don't need to meditate more. Sometimes they don't need to change their diet. Sometimes they don't need to um, exercise more. Sometimes they're doing a lot of those things. Mm. But sometimes, as we've saying, they just need someone to be with them for a while. Yeah. To share the common human experience of, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Just keep on going. You're doing everything you really need to do. So like take the pressure off, show yourself some love and, and compassion because we hold a lot of weight and people with dealing with these mental health struggles, put the world on their shoulders because the world is so heavy when you feel anxious and depressed it's yeah. either understimulation or even depression, or like overstimulation of, of, of thought in the body and of this heaviness. And just to be with people for and share time and space, sometimes yeah. that's, that's like a lot of what people need. So in working with people just for maybe a month, maybe just like four calls 
like the newfound confidence of, oh, what I'm experiencing is normal based on what I'm going through in life. Yeah. Well, that's a all I reaction really to life. Yeah, it's just a normal reaction to life. But we say that emotion is bad and that anything but happiness and don't strive for anything but happiness. And if you don't get happiness, everything else is shit. So it's like to retrain the mind and to be like, it's okay to have these confusing days and to feel lost sometimes and to feel anxious when the world is just so unknown. Like it's totally okay. Now, of course, other people are like, okay, I'm doing nothing. I have no idea why I'm anxious. Where do I start? Those are fun too. But yeah, this person, Jay, was completely anxious from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to bed. And we just talked. That's all it was. I didn't need to show him new breathing techniques, or I didn't need to show him any physical exercises to do some really weird, funky ones. We just talked about what was going on in his home and what he felt anxious about and why the future, even though it's so unknown, the future is just a thought, Jay. So what can we, what can we do with your thoughts here? Yeah. And you got to be gentle. And yeah. that's kind of what I love to do. It's, um, yeah. you, you're not fixing anybody. You're just learning about them and, and yeah. supporting them and, and guiding them. And of course, it sounds simple what you're saying, but you have so much experience and training around this that there's a, lo- there's a lovely quote um, by I think it's Krista Tippett's she said it and she may not originated it but she said I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity Mm. but for simplicity on the other side of complexity I'd give the world and I think that's kind of what you just said it that it sounds simple but you're crunching down all of this science and knowledge to be able to walk with that person Jay yeah. safely and support and say the right words and journey with them on to, to the right place to get them through. And I find that with my yeah. clients Even, too. Well, being in advertising, we both know the how much you have to pay and work with a copywriter because oh. you're taking a complex idea and a business and you need to create a tagline for it. It's like yeah. that, those people are, are incredible at what they do. So oh. what me and you are doing is like we're taking something so complex and through our experiences and pain and suffering yeah. and going through the mud and coming up the other end, we don't want to overwhelm people. How can we make things simple and gentle yeah. and pure? So how has it worked with, with people you've worked with like on the second half of life, do you have any like examples of um, of people you've worked with, and like yeah. what does that involve? Like, is it is it the nutritional side? Is it more talking and and walking with them? Well, it's it's both really. I mean, the nutrition's a big part of what I do, and I've got published programs around nutrition. But before I got into that work, it was much more about purpose, intention, and all sorts of psychological aspects and i i end up finding that i do both with people um so i mean on a pure nutrition one as a somebody she's in my <clears throat> online program i can so i can name her she's susan and 
she came to me and she's a high flyer. She was, she runs um, agency, creative agency. So the sort of kind of people you're talking about, copywriters, mm-hmm. she, she's at the head of that. And um, she was normally would be able to run a 5K, no problem, be, have a very busy life, juggling lots of stresses. She just got to the point where she was absolutely done by two o'clock in pajamas at five o'clock was emotional, mm-hmm. wasn't herself at all. And what I, w- I was able to do in working with her was to first off identify, I don't want to get too sciencey here, but to identify what was going on in her nervous system. So I concentrate on one particular part of the nervous system. So I could identify what she was naturally and and when she thrived, where she was at. But I could recognize through some of the symptoms that she had and some of her health history that she had moved and her nervous system was no longer in balance. So I spent time getting to know her, her and her story. And then I was able to offer recommendations about specifically what she should eat to get her back into balance. So on the nutritional side, I use the nutrients contained within food to be able to manipulate someone's brain and nervous system. And that includes neurotransmitters and all kinds of complex things. But um, as well as that, you know, we were talking about how does she get a good night's sleep? Yeah. What's the role of exercise and specific types of exercise? Because different exercises have different effects on this nervous system that I'm talking about. And then what about the role of meditation? Is meditation always good mm-hmm. or at different times? So there's all these little nuances that, you know, you talk about I'll go for a run or do some meditation. It sounds simple on the surface, but that, that quote I read about the, the complexity, you know, wanting to totally. be on the other side of complexity so that you can delineate stuff down to a nice, simple package. That's where the clever stuff comes in. And that's where magic happens, really. Is when you're able to do that. So yeah, that's one example. And what happened? And then with, what happened with Susan once you figured out? Okay, this is what's going on in your nervous system. Let's do some tweaks in nutrition and then tweaks in your lifestyle. Like what happened? Was she like from from A to B? Let's say what did it look like? Yeah. So she within four weeks. So with her, I did what I called a reset. So I yeah. did a four week reset. And she said, because she wrote a quote for me, she said she felt 10 times better within four weeks. And she was back to, yeah, back to running, no no meds, um, back to running uh, her agency and full of energy. In fact, and I talk about this in the online program, but we went a bit too far at first. So she was a bit too energized from a place (laughs) where she had none. And she said, yeah, she said, I need to pull it back a bit because actually it's starting to interrupt my sleep. I'm just too active and awake so i, I packed, pulled it back a bit and that's through again through um nu- using specific nutrients in in food or or and or supplements you can do that that's so incredible a, yeah and like you said at the top didn't you about my dad and with electric shock versus oh just having some food and what difference can that make when electric shocks don't well yeah. nutrients have a profound effect on the nervous system and the brain it's just like we've talked about with narratives <clears throat> the story isn't out there yeah so um people won't know about it oh so, some are beginning to thankfully through the work that we're doing but um this is a message that needs 
more airtime. It and it will. It will get a lot more airtime. <laughs> so, so what are we doing for future episodes? Um, what do we want to really go over? I think one of the big things, you know, again, we don't want to point fingers at at pharmaceutical industries and all of that, but we are taking a stance that we're not necessarily supporting that that way to go. This is just a new, this is something new that we'd like to offer. So in future episodes, I think what we can go over is, you know, the efficacy of, of antidepressants. That could be something really cool. Um, The other thing we can go over nutrition. I'd love to talk about different kinds of meditations people can put into their, their everyday, everyday life. Um, And, but I think one of the things too, is the overall theme is giving people tools that are on this new path, but then Matt, me and you just having conversations about our own stories and yeah, how sure. we got, how we got to, to hear. So like bring them back to the past and then walk through, let's revisit some pain. Let's make this a little, yeah. <laughs> we're not shy. Are we? We'll talk no. about the dark as well as the light. Oh, it's so easy to talk about the dark. I can go there all day. Yeah. 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 It's easy. Yeah. And I think, I mean, ultimately we're here to give hope, but, the to to framing those conversations um, yeah. the, the more difficult times around hope and um but yeah we'll we'll talk about that suffering is an important part of life what was it the buddha said life's ten thousand joys and ten thousand sorrows right so we're not going to just speak to half of them <laughs> yeah right and i think the other thing too is kind of what you just talked about with susan is there's a really cool balance which i've been learning between uh, about control yeah it's for a sure. tough one because pick this we want anxiety wise we want control we want security these are psychological needs we want safety that's what we've always wanted since the human brain developed so we want these psychological needs but then at the same time you're like susan you have more control than you think like look at what yeah. you can do you can change your sympathetic nervous system like that by incorporating yeah. this and this and this and now you can't sleep you have more energy than you ever yeah. hoped for yeah. but yeah, dial yeah. it back and now look what you just did to your own body and mind that's where control can come from but then accepting that we don't have a lot of control in the grand scheme of the yes. universe and life and controlling other people's reactions to us and there's that fine balance. I really want to just have a cool yeah. chat with you in future episodes. Yeah. So empowerment, you know, I think you and I now know that we have the means to heal within us. We we know that we felt that we've helped other people do that, Yeah. but that isn't a common message. Usually there's a third party involved whether by a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a GP or a medication. So you usually sort of subcontracting out your control to somebody else. And the very act of doing that disempowers. Mm -hmm. And what we know, and we want to impart the knowledge to other people is that you do have the absolute power to heal within yourself. It's just knowing and to having been guided to yeah. that place and that's what we're hoping to do um and i can tell us once people realize that like once yeah. you realize the the strength and power that you have to heal and to go through this on your own with guides like you, the fear almost dissipates it does. With, with what we talked about because you know that no matter what happens 
like you're going to be okay. Yeah. You, you yeah. Can get through it. Yeah. I mean, I, I draw on all kinds of different metaphors. And one of the things that when I was writing my book, people asked me uh, in the preparation of writing that book, said, oh, have you written out all your proceeds and all the rest of it and about what your character development? And I no, no, I haven't. <laughs> what I did was <laughs> I drew a graph of the hero's journey. Mm. And then I annotated that graph with the key plots and it's a true story. So it was the, the story of my life. I love that. But rather than writing it as a text, I, I wrote, I annotated on this hero's journey. And one of the really nice examples that's often held up in the hero's journey is that of Star Wars. And this is hopefully something that people can relate to pretty easily. I'm a Star Trek but... fan though, so shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, I'll, I'll do a Star Trek metaphor next episode. Okay, okay. so give me the Star Wars one now. Star Wars for old folks like me. Um, so Luke Skywalker is the hero, but he, he's obviously a critical character in the, in the plot in the movie, but Yoda's the guide. So it isn't, it, it, without the Yoda character, Luke wouldn't have got where he's where he gets to. So his kind of ambition to work through, if you like, through the movie, plot spoiler, is how to defeat the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. And he journeyed through by unearthing the force, you know, within him. He learned how to be a Jedi Knight to deliver the force. But he was guided by Yoda during the movie you know that's how he got there and he's the guide and luke is the hero and i suppose if we were gonna draw parallels between that and what we're trying to do people listening they are the heroes of this journey they are the heroes of their health journey and they have the force the life force within them already but they might need a yoda or two yodas to help unearth that and I think that's a pretty nice analogy for what we're trying to do. I think that's a great way to end it. Nice. What about a sequel, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be part two. That's it. Got the next one. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's plan that next one. Well, we didn't really planning. I think with me and you, Matt, it'll just it'll yeah. just flow the next time we hit record. Um, yeah. But we'll definitely have a theme. But to everyone listening. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the New Hope podcast. Thanks for tuning in from the Depression to Expression podcast and the Saving Dad podcast. And um, if you please, if you have any questions, everything's in the bio, Matt's links, my links. If you want to get in touch, if you want us to answer questions in next episodes, uh, what you can do is you go to anchor, well, the, the links in the description, anchor.fm slash, you'll see the link. And you can add a voice message and you can ask us a question and be featured on the podcast and we'll both answer it for you. Yeah. Again, we want to, we want to walk with the heroes here. So yeah. um, please reach out if, if you'd like, we'd be happy to work with you. Catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.